Welcome back to another episode of Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, All Booked, where we talk to you about books you'd like to recommend. And Kevin is rejoining the show, this time to talk about two books that I think have something loosely to do with friendship and that you're not going to recommend them, even though you do recommend friendship. Am I right there? You are so right. This is so interesting. <laughs> it is so great to be back with y'all because I just love doing these with y'all. And I'm very intentional about what I read, mm-hmm. and I have a wide interest level. So I usually am reading things I really liked. I'm going to recommend people do not read these two books, and we can get okay. into more of that later. <laughs> but importantly, he does recommend having friends. Love friends. Okay, good. I think <laughs> Now, love friends. I think everybody should have friends. Perfect. And my basic feeling in life in general, though, is most people are acquaintances. Mm-hmm. So you find out who your real friends are when things go bad or things are really controversial, adversarial. Then you find who stands by you when you don't. Those are friends. Mm-hmm. Most people come and go from our lives. They're acquaintances. But yeah. these books, these two books are truly about friendships. Capital F, friends. Big F. Yeah. Big F. Which is interesting because I noticed the first book that you've got is We Should Not Be Friends. We Should Not Be Friends. (laughs) So you are very observant, even across the room and upside down on the cover. You did that. People in in listening land can't tell, but that was very good. It's a library superpower. (laughs) Superpower. So here's what's interesting about this book. I usually come into the library specifically looking for something. I'm Mm -hmm. in the biography section, the autobiography section, the memoir section. Leadership, management, I'm looking Mm -hmm. for something. This time I came into the library, was returning some books, and was leaving and was walking between Uh. two of the stacks. And that book that you just mentioned just jumped out at me. (laughs) And I stopped and turned, and there I saw the book titled, We Should Not Be Friends, The Story of Friendship by Will Schwalbe. Okay. Oh, it's a brand new book, too. Yeah. Is it? Mm-hmm. You're, you're way yeah, ahead you're, of me. You were walking through the new books. I w- Okay. <laughs> Many people get trapped there. So I shiny. Would not have known, <laughs> but I was intrigued by the picture of the two men laying in the grass on the cover, mm-hmm. looking very peaceful. But I was more intrigued by that title, We yeah. Should Not Be Friends. <laughs> and so I said, well, I, I have to pick that one up and read know. it. But why would we not want to be friends? Yeah. <laughs> right. So how about you tell us, like, why you shouldn't be friends? <laughs> well, so, and I'm not going to give away either book, because our role here is to try and get people to read. So we're going to yeah. give them snippets of conversation. Perfect. So one thing I really liked about this book, this book starts out at Yale University with a secret club. Oh. So as soon as I heard that, I thought Skull and Bones, yeah. which mm-hmm. both Bush presidents were part of at Yale, and you never know what happens in either one. Why? The secret? Because they're secret clubs. Because they're secret. <laughs> so this one starts out, it doesn't even mention the secret club. Mm-hmm. All it says about it is after or towards the end of your junior year, the school, the people in the club, 15 of them, pick the 15 people for the next year hmm. that are going to be in this club. And they pick a very diverse and eclectic group of 15 people. What those people do throughout their entire senior year is meet at this secret club place. And they have dinner together twice a week. 
I mean, I'd love to have top secret dinners with people. Top secret. Top <laughs> secret dinners. There's more. There's a liquor bar and kegs of beer. Yep. And both of those are free. Oh, you're failing to dissuade me here. The dinner yep. parties are sounding less like dinner parties and more like party parties. <laughs> okay. So you don't hear anything more about this organization mm-hmm. other than these 15 people meet, go through their entire senior year, and obviously develop friendships, which they probably never wouldn't have, would have had because mm-hmm. these are very different people. Yeah. So the two, this is a true story. Mm-hmm. So the author is one of the 15 people. And he is an individual who describes himself as gay, and he enters into a friendship with a football player, mm-hmm. a massive guy, a wrestler, loud, obnoxious, motorcycle driver. Okay, so right off the bat, I'm thinking, okay, this is a true story, but that's a little contrived. Mm-hmm. So you want to write to me a story about a gay guy and an obnoxious jock. Okay, right. I wouldn't think those two would get along normally. So, okay. So right off the bat, I'm going, eh, that's a little contrived. The football player graduates and winds up becoming a Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. He spends six years in the Navy SEAL and he gets out, but they never tell you. That's the big hanging question throughout the book. Why did he get out? He wanted to be a Navy SEAL. They don't ever say. The gay guy goes on has a partner. He does a lot of different things. He's in theater. He's a writer. He's very good. The book continues to evolve for 40 years where they come and go touching and meeting and talking. So the part about friendships I agree with is there was, it was kind of random. Mm -hmm. There, There was, they didn't meet often. They would go long periods of times and not meet. And then they would go, gosh, why haven't we met? We need to stay in touch more. Yeah. And they don't. Mm-hmm. So the book goes on and on and on. Decent story. The football player became Navy SEAL, becomes an environmentally conscious guy who opens a school in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he is basically a standalone island, about 40 children, and he becomes this master mentor, ecology-centric guy. Interesting. Okay, so that's, he's evolved. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty yeah. wild turn. Is this, what section is this from? Is it from memoir? No, it's from that new book section that I was walking down. But, but it's, an, like, it's a nonfiction, like... It's a true story. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is okay. memoir. Okay. Yeah, I'm talking to librarians. Guys like me just say, it's a true story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's nonfiction, because I never can remember whether fiction, fiction's false. Yeah. Yeah. Fiction's fake. Fiction's fake. Fiction's fake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Will Schwalbe, the author. I'm going to imagine something happened to him in the Navy SEALs that changed him as a person. Well, maybe. You'll maybe. have to read it. I'm not going to give that one <laughs> oh, away. No. <laughs> no spoilers. Will does what he does, and his friend Maxie... Mm-hmm. Does what he does. Maxie calls Will Schwabs, mm-hmm. so it's Schwabs and Maxie. It sounds like a, a, a like a Sunday comic in the in the New York Times, like all the way in the back. Schwabs and Maxie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's fine. It's it's okay. A little contrived that you pick these two people that obviously were different, but the story is okay. Isn't. The author, one of them, he is. So he didn't. He didn't. Will pick, Schwalbe. He didn't pick the characters. Schwabs. He just. 
Yeah, <laughs> the, about his life. yeah the story's okay. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. Nothing I'd get excited okay. about. It's a story about friendship. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you at one point in there, it kind of spoke to me of Tuesdays with Maury. So mm-hmm. we've talked about Mitch Album, and he's one of my favorites. So one of Mitch Album's book, Tuesdays with Maury, he intentionally spends Tuesday every week with a pro- former professor that they had fell out of contact with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it spoke to me a little bit like that. So that kept me kind of going because there was a little bit of that in there. The bromance between Schwab's and Maxine, yeah, okay. Uh, the Secret Society, I was excited about that, but wasn't Skull and Bones, and they didn't really talk about it, so <laughs> I felt unexcited. Didn't well, he's it's a memoir, he, NDAs or something. Yeah, it's yeah. a memoir. He can't be he can't be too, <laughs> can't be too on the about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that did stick out to me that I'm sure as I'm speaking with females, that you would probably agree with that men communicate with men very different than women communicate with women. Stereotypically. Let me mm-hmm. just put it that yeah. way. Men don't ask a lot of questions. Men don't you know, get into deep-seated conversations. That's more of a, a women's tendency. That is very much in this book. You know, The communication, the things they should have talked about, why he got out of the Navy SEALs. Schwab's has his own secrets. They don't. Schwab's can't ever say, I love you. So the football player, the wrestler, the Navy SEAL, always tells Schwab's he loves him. Came from a good family. Yeah. <laughs> Schwab's can't say that. Can't so, say it. One question I have for you, but I don't want to interrupt your train of thought either. No. Uh, it sounds like they kind of drift in and out of each other's lives, like over a long period of time. Yeah, 40 years. When they are kind of driven back together, is it because of life circumstances for one or the other, or is it just random? Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes something happened. Sometimes a family member, although Schwab's, Schwab's has a partner, but they don't have children. Mm-hmm. Um, Maxie's has a wife and, and four children, but Schwab's can never remember their names and doesn't care to remember their names. That always makes Maxie mad. But if they hear about something that's happened, i.e. a hurricane hit that island okay. and devastated oh, okay. the school. Yeah. So Schwab's went down there. But sometimes it really was at random, or mm-hmm. sometimes it was reunions of the secret club back at okay. the school. Mm-hmm. So some of it was an event, some of it something happened, and some of it they just woke up and said, my golly, I haven't talked to Maxie <laughs> in a long time. I wonder why I should give him a call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. This book is billed as a guide to building and nurturing friendships. <laughs> I didn't get it. I didn't get it. It didn't speak to me that way. But, you know, again, I finished the book and I looked for reviews. Cause, if they yeah. had said acquaintances, would you be like, okay. Oh, they were definitely acquaintances. <laughs> yeah. Like if it said a guide to building and nurturing lifelong acquaintances, you would be like, this is the correct book. <laughs> they did. And, and I hate to poo-poo the guy's true life story because yeah. you are absolutely correct. He wrote his story, mm-hmm. this club, this friend of his. I just don't know why it's so well acclaimed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's That's okay fair. at best. It's tepid. Yeah. Tepid. I'm going to give it Especially a... when you're not talking about, when you're talking about friendship to be like, you know, I don't remember his wife's name and also I see him once every five years. Yeah. It's hard to be like, oh, what a good friendship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So towards the end of the book, because you're probably wondering what connects these two books, unless I was just looking for books I didn't like. <laughs> Towards the end of this book, Mm -hmm. they're on the island, they're in a discussion, they're talking friendships, 
And Schwab's asked Maxie if he's ever read any great books on friendships. And you were like, maybe I'll get a good one from this. I did. <laughs> that was exactly my thought. <laughs> and he mentions this book. This book, the second one, is titled Crossing to Safety by Wallace Stegner. They mention it in the book. He talks a little bit about it. Mm -hmm. Glowing reviews from Maxie. So that should have put me a little bit uneasy. <laughs> it's also a very old book. It looks it looks it looks old, but to be fair, he was learning all this friendship stuff yep. 40 years ago. So yeah. Maybe he hasn't read a new friendship book. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah, this <laughs> book is old because it's about two <laughs> couples again 40 years. So there is a similarity. They both span about 40 years. Oh. These two couples meet in the Depression mm -hmm. era. You know, so in the, they're in the 30s. Yeah. And so how would I even start to describe this book? So I gave this one tepid, mm -hmm. mediocre. Yeah. Okay, this one's bottom of the barrel. Oh! <laughs> this one's bottom of the barrel for me. For me. Let me caveat yeah. that. For yeah. me. Now, this one is from fiction, isn't it? This I is think? fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And Wallace Stegner, again award-winning mm -hmm. this particular book award-winning mm -hmm. acclaimed people rave about this book mm -hmm. when did this come out by the way oh that's a good question Do we have like a general idea i'd have to flip over here to this page i don't know 30s 40s i'm looking for that thing where it says I don't see it. Because even the stamp on the... On the, the stamp, all, that's why I was asking, because really the stamp is like the old stamp. Copyright 1930, well, it says both 1936 and 1969. Woo! So it was initially 1936. Dang. Yeah. That's an old book. That is an old book. And it's the last book that Wallace Stegner wrote before mm -hmm. he died. So this is his finishing masterpiece yeah. to a life of writing. Okay? Yeah. It's about two couples. Mm -hmm. One couple, very wealthy, well-to-do, a lot of connections. Mm -hmm. One couple, very poor, not many connections. The two men are teachers at the University of Wisconsin in Madison, Wisconsin. So that part had my attention because that's where my sister's from. Oh. Been up to Madison, know the campus. So they mm -hmm. talked a lot about the campus early on. Very familiar with it. They didn't mention Ian's Pizza or State Street Brats. Well, I don't Weird. think that was around in the 30s. In 1936. Yep. <laughs> yep. So you've got these two couples, and this book dances through their life together. Mm -hmm. One well-to-do, one not well-to-do. But they become very good friends, so the well-to-do people with connections turn these people on to things that they would have never been able to do in life, mm -hmm. see in life. Okay, I, I'm okay with that as mm -hmm. a storyline. Um, the book starts out, and it's one of these books that's kind of in today's terms and then goes back to mm. the beginning mm -hmm. when they first met. But yeah. there's nothing that tees that up. So oh, so it's just so it's very abrupt switching. Very, oh, you have no idea when it happens. <laughs> and I had to stop and reread it twice because I said, How did we get from here? To hear. I mean, sometimes in a book they do that or yeah. they go back and forth. They do it by chapters mm -hmm. or they put a date. And there's something. That... Oh, it switched like in the middle of the chapter. Oh, it. Yes. It, it was crazy. 
That is, Eddie, Eddie those people no, were doing crazy stuff in 1936. <laughs> crazy. Crazy. So that was the first thing. Now, this is the part where people and, and those of you in listening land, I, I think you should read this book. <laughs> and if there's a way of giving Leslie and Katie feedback, I think you should. Okay. I think you should. You okay. can't comment on that. Yeah. 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 So here's my biggest description of this book. Mm-hmm. This book is a Thomas Kincaid painting. Oh, yeah. Okay, I like Thomas Kincaid mm-hmm, paintings. Mm-hmm. I do not like reading Thomas Kincaid paintings. I, I have a feeling Thomas Kincaid paintings are to experience for a short period of time, not necessarily to read for hundreds of pages. Hundreds. Hundreds, hundreds of pages. Hundreds. <laughs> so let's just do a test. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to at random open the book. Uh-huh. He's just, every page of every chapter He's describing something. Yep, that sounds like the 30s. Okay, so before, here we go. This is before TV, so. Somebody laughed. A woman, not Sally. I found the light switch and revealed the two of them. Sally on the couch and the other in our not-too-easy chair. With a tea tray on the homemade coffee table, parentheses, more boards and bricks, between them. They each smiling at me. Sally has a smile I would accept as my last view on Earth. It has a certain distance about it. It is under control. You can see her head going on, working behind it. This other one, a tall young woman in a blue dress, had quite another kind. In the dim apartment, she blazed. Her hair was drawn back in a bun, as if to clear her face for expression. And everything in the face smiled. Lips, teeth, cheeks... Eyes? I mean to say she had a most vivid, and I saw it once, a really beautiful face. Two things. One, I can see that if you are not a fan of the uh, lots of description, how that would not be good for you. Two, I got lost. It was like an audiobook. I was just like, oh, the book. He's going to read the book. Yeah, part <laughs> of me just went into, oh, we're listing parts of the face now. Like, Yes. <laughs> so here's my challenge with the book. So he's describing everything on every page, mm-hmm. and somewhere in that page, there's one or two things that tell the story. So in every page, I had to think, okay, what were the two things? Okay, oh, this is where the story is going. Forget all that description stuff. Okay, so we describe a face, and then they go out on a picnic, and we describe everything about the picnic, and then they go home, and we describe everything about the mm-hmm. home. See what I mean? Can I do this once more? Sure. Okay, I'm going to flip the page at random. There is nothing like a doorbell to precipitate the potential into the kinetic. When you stand outside a door and push the button, something has to happen. Someone must respond. Whatever is inside must be revealed. Questions will be answered. Uncertainties or mysteries dispelled. A situation will be started on its way through unknown complications to an unpredictable conclusion. The answer to your summons may be a rush of tearful welcome, a suspicious eye at the crack of the door, a shot through the hardwood, anything. Any pushing of any doorbell button is as rich in dramatic possibility as that scene when just as the doctor's only child dies of this diphtheria and the doctor's wife drops to her knees beside the bed and the doctor smelling of carbolic, takes an uncertain step backward. The bell sounds sharply in the hall. 
Okay, what is he talking Does about? Does he not know people who don't answer the door? Because I'm definitely one of those people. I don't think in 1936 people didn't answer the door. <laughs> Again, there was no TV. No like, camera. No no cameras, no phones. People weren't, weren't chatting, you know. This book is 277 pages of exactly what I read. Yeah, it seems like it would be laborious to keep, oh. like, keep track of the action. Oh, that okay, so here's... As I'm going through it, having a hard time trying to find the story, as the story evolves, the couple that, do, that don't have any connections or any money, mm-hmm. he's actually a very good writer, does very well in his life, but his poor wife has polio. Oh. Okay. The rich couple, as you find out, the guy has not many talents at all, mm-hmm. and he is horribly pen, henpecked. By a control freak of a wife who at the end of the book has stomach cancer. And even in that, as she pulls the other couple back, she's controlling the relationship as she did throughout the book. Is she the one with the radiant smile? No. Oh, okay. It's hard to be a woman back then. You either died of polio. You either had polio or died of stomach cancer. Yeah. So to your point, by the time I got to the end of the book... I could care less. I just wanted it to end. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you how it ended. I can't even tell you whether the woman with stomach cancer died. Mm-hmm. All I was bound with every page was a Thomas Kincaid painting <laughs> being painted and described in such exhausting detail. I had to keep trying to figure out what the story was. This is like the time that I started reading Lord of the Rings and went, oh, this was written in the 30s. People had a lot more time to sit and talk about trees and stuff. Um, this isn't for me, I don't think. <laughs> so the other book, which I mm-hmm. gave te- tepid or mediocre. Yeah. This one I give horrible. Don't ever pick up. <laughs> don't. But again, I'm trying to figure out if I'm just weird. So I guess my question with that, since it's supposed to be a book about friendships, did you feel like you learned anything about friendships from it? No. Okay. The so, only thing I know is that the two couples were friends. They were oddly oddly met because they were both teachers at the University of Wisconsin, and their life kind of tracks together, and they do a lot of stuff together. But no, they're very, very different, and there's nothing I could take away in terms of even an evolving friendship or how to be a friend. Nothing. I got nothing. So it it I mean this does seem like the kind of book that if you like atmospheric books that are about like description and just vibes that it might be good for you if you like books that were written during that time because it, it it is a hallmark of of books in the like the 30s and earlier that I I cannot express enough they didn't have have you read a newspaper from the 30s before no heavens oh, no oh gosh to those in listener land I am I wasn't born in the 30s so. no you were not no. but I have no. I have peeked into our 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 history it's actually very fun to do it's sometimes. very fun but oh boy also they love description you'll mm. be reading about like somewhat like Bonnie and Clyde it's seven paragraphs long it's just like over the radiant hill race and I was like this is a newspaper. <laughs> But again, um, they were real bored. Uh... <laughs> well, suffice it to say, if I happen to be strolling through the carols yeah. and wandering and looking at books mm-hmm. and one catches my eye, 
I'm gonna flip open that make cover. Make sure. Make sure it's not from the 30s. <laughs> That's right. You have to. You have to post like 50s or 60s. Um, but yes, I think it's something that like I think the way people write and read has changed so much since then that it's really hard to go back. Like there's sometimes you just can't you can't go back for something because you like people have changed so much as a group that it's just not. No, I agree. It makes no sense anymore. You remember when I when we did a podcast on Bonhoeffer, mm-hmm. one of my favorite books ever, mm-hmm. and that was a true story too, 800 and some odd pages yeah. that I loved yes. reading. This book was so <laughs> slog. painful. I just wanted it over. Yeah. And at some point, I was just going to close the book. And I was going to say, say I'm, I'm not, surprised you finished it. Nope. I'm, I'm real anal about stuff like Gotta that. I started commit. a task. I have to complete the task right. no matter how painful because the other thing I was kind of hoping is it would be that one thread that tied oh. everything together at the end and I would have gone, <laughs> oh. Like right at the end, you'd be like, it's worth it. Yeah, it gives you like some mystery of the universe or something. Yeah, but... yeah. to you and to those listening, I can't even tell you whether the woman died at the end. I mean, I just was so happy when a book was over. I turned the last page. Half of the page was talking about the author. It was just a little expose mm-hmm. on him. And then it was done. And I was happy. <laughs> and Success. And I owe money for this because you owe money. I owe for money it? for this because I did I did recheck it out, oh. but then it it also uh, expired. So <laughs> I, now I have to pay for having read this. Book <laughs> you already paid, and now you have to pay again. <laughs> I do. So to everybody listening, those are two books that the first time I have ever said I don't recommend it. The yeah. first one, tepidly mediocre. We should not be friends mm-hmm. by Will Schwalbe. A definite no. Don't even turn the page on Crossing to Safety by Wallace Stegner. So are you going to try again for books about friendship, but like look for them first? To Are you going to go back to your previous, I need to look something up before I, I check it out? Because I feel like you have been burned by the idea of sporadically checking out a book since they were both bad. <laughs> it's an excellent question you ask. Because I... Again, we've all we all value friendship. Of course. I like friends. I like <laughs> yes. having friends. I think friends are yeah. important, even though most are acquaintances. So maybe. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I might have to rest before I <laughs> think about so friends again. I do have a question for you, though, that is not going to be about the books. But thinking about some of your closest friendships, how have you made sure that you have balanced making time for them with all the other things that seem to get in the way between, mm-hmm. you know, work, family, hobbies, everything else? That's a that's a great question. And I'm just and I consider it a blessing. I don't know many people like me. I am overly communicative. So people will run through my mind. And when that happens, that's God telling me to pick up the phone and call them. I do mm-hmm. it all the time. And I'll say, hey, you just ran through my mind. I don't know what's going on in your life. Just thought I'd call. Are you OK? Let's catch up a little bit. I do that all the time. So there's people I served with in the Army now 30 years ago that I still call and I check on. There's people in the city that I don't work here anymore that I still call and check on. Uh, Texting makes it easy to Mm -hmm. always pop in. Uh, Email, I'm not as big of an email. I do email, but not normally to check in on people. Mm -hmm. So my wife always laughs because I spend a lot of time at A&M at the President Bush Library. Mm-hmm. That is two hours each way for me to be talking on the phone because that's all I do. <laughs> free phone the, time. Free phone time. It's hooked <laughs> up to the speakers in the truck. I'm driving 
and I'm calling one person after another for two hours. And depending on how long, I mean, sometimes I go two hours and that's two people. Yeah. So it just depends on the conversation. But mm-hmm. I value people so much that staying in communication with them, uh, and I don't know, I mean, there's nobody, I don't think I've ever had anyone call me and just say, hey, I was just thinking about you, you ran through my mind. I don't think that's ever happened to me, but I do that all the time. So that's kind of how I do that. I feel like people do it very differently because I'm very bad about phone calls. I, I don't I, I don't have my phone on me a lot, although it is sitting next to me right now. When I get home, I just sometimes I like forget it in a place and I'll come back like four hours later and be like, oh, no. Um, but I do write letters to people. I like writing letters and that's very fun. And I do that in a similar way where I'll think about someone and be like, you know what? They deserve a little letter. So I'll write a letter, get my fun stamps that I collect from the stamp, the post office and put it on the mail. A week later, they'll call me or text me and be like, I got your letter. <laughs> I don't get letters back, that's um, but I do write thing. them. <laughs> and when I worked, I was a big card person mm-hmm. because little cards are nice to thank people for this or I saw you did that. They're always for positive stuff. Yeah. Um, and I love doing that. President Bush, H.W. Bush, 41, prolific Mm -hmm. letter writer, no card writer. So whenever I'm reading something about 41, President Bush, it's so similar to me because I spent a lot of time dropping cards because I think think it's special when somebody gets that. It's so unusual, especially today Mm -hmm. in the world of texting and everything else you can do. People really probably don't do that very much. So kudos to you. I think that's wonderful. Thank you. It is, uh, I have to feed my stationary addiction somehow. (laughs) If I write letters to people, then it's okay that I buy so many stamps and pens and things like that. What about you, Leslie? What do you do? Stay in touch with your friends. Uh, I'm pretty random, but Mm -hmm. I like to share things, whether it's that I find something small. It could be like a packet of tea or something that mm-hmm. I thought they'd enjoy, or um, it could be a song that I heard that could I be thought a cutting I cutting of to... a plant. Yeah. Cutting of a plant. <laughs> that seems to be my latest love language um, or just memes. Just I really, memes. yeah, I've, I've, I saw this joke and it was funny and I <laughs> exactly. thought you would like it. <laughs> just something to make somebody laugh. Um, fortunately, some of my close friends and I both know that we are phone averse. So, yeah, you know, operating in that space of, hey, we're just going to send each other funny stuff. I also call my mom in the car, though. That is like peak mom time. I call her when I get off certain things so she knows to expect them certain days. Uh, and if I don't call her, if something comes up, she texts me and she's just like, no call from you today. And I was just like, I'm sorry. I call wow. my mom every so often, you know, at least once a week or so yeah. just to say hi like because i don't want it to always feel like i've always got something else to ask mm-hmm. well my mom lives in a different something. state so yeah. it's a, it, so it's it, it is a little different than if she was close by but i feel like we have just now given better advice than both of the books that <laughs> I, I think you have too and and but i'm really i really want feedback from the listeners i mean mm-hmm. i want to hear whether people read these <laughs> and they can tell me that you know, I'm just ignorant. I mean, that's okay. <laughs> they could do that. I want to know if anybody thinks either one of these two books, especially Crossing to Safety, because <laughs> if you could slug through this 270, you must really like descriptive reading. Yes. But, I mean, not everybody is going to gel with every book that's mm-hmm. in our library. That's why we have such a broad sampling of topics yeah. and authors and writing it's, styles. It's still here, which means someone's checked it out because... Uh, our librarian in charge of weeding the nonfiction, well, that is fiction, uh, in charge of weeding um, is pretty, she can be pretty cutthroat sometimes. Yes. So, so. It's clearly other people have checked it out. Maybe the same thing happened, though. Maybe they checked it out and went, mm-mm, terrible. 
<laughs> Zero stars. Put yeah. it back on the shelf. Yeah, could be. <laughs> could be. Uh, too bad this isn't a live podcast, you know, where people could call in. Yeah. I actually think we need to have a call-in interactive call-in podcast, podcast because I wanted the, the board lit up right now with I think... people calling in while we could interact with them. And, of course, when then, then they were chastising me for being such a literarily inept individual, <laughs> then we could accidentally cut them off in the middle of them talking. Oh, gosh, so sorry. No time. <laughs> that would have been great for our romanticy episode, too. It would have been. I think the problem is is that Sam, who set up most of this in here, would um, not like having to be on call for, for adding AV into right? that <laughs> to be able to accept phone calls. Seems to me like we need to progress with the times. Which, and yeah. progressing with the times is, is interactive call in radio people calling in show. radio. <laughs> Think of the fun we could have. Oh, gosh. Oh, I've got to be more on my feet. I'll have, to have, I'll have to have coffee or tea or something before I come if we do something like that. Got to be, gotta be on top of it. <laughs> it would be fun. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to end this recording. Yes. So I'm glad you-, you finally got to come in with a with a one that you. I mean, I, I hate to say I'm glad you got to read a book you didn't like, but yeah. it's always fun to hear people's you know and not, you're not so the positive only one. reviews. It, oh yes, we had oh, a really? teenager once who really hated Old Man in the Sea, and Erlene <laughs> uh, almost feels like she has gained notoriety for being yeah. critical. Of books, so. <laughs> it's funny because she'll spend the whole podcast being critical, and then she go, "It was okay. You should read it." And you're like, <laughs> Erlene. Well, it's one of the reasons I had to finish it. Yes, to I mean, know. I started it. I have to finish it. Mm-hmm. But I, I can honestly say, I mean, there's other books I've read that I wasn't keen yeah. on. But this was the number one. I, mm. The number one, number zero. Mm. Yeah, I mean, painful. <laughs> well, I hope your next reads are much more satisfactory. Yes. Back to the presidents. <laughs> <laughs> and stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye.